0: All right, for this episode talking about Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel on the line I have Rob. What's up, Ben? Hello. John. Hi. Hobbit, and Kyle. Hi there. Peter Gabriel is the debut solo studio album by the English progressive rock singer-songwriter Peter Gabriel and the first of four with the same eponymous title. It was released in 1977 on Atco Records and produced by Rob Ezrin, the genre is art rock and pop. I'm going to read from the book, Rob Morton. Two years after leaving Genesis in 1975, Peter Gabriel launched his solo career with the eclectic set of nine songs that comprise Peter Gabriel I. Free from the tension that, and constraints which had restricted his creative development, he unleashed an avalanche of bottled up ideas and flamboyant arrangement. Moribund, the Burgermeister lays it on thick right from the outset. Deep jungle drums and warble synths are just the first ingredients in the song's smorgasbord of prog rock thea- uh, theatrics. Gabriel sings in a variety of vocal styles, including a rumble growl as the evil Burgermeister. The song is strange but compelling. Next up is Salisbury Hill. Gabriel's first hit and one of the best and most enduring songs of his long career. Anchored by a bouncy acoustic guitar melody, the song gives a tangible feeling of hope and endless possibility. Its lyrics touch upon Gabriel's liberating departure from Genesis when he sings, I was feeling part of the scenery, I walked right out of the machinery. Not surprising. All this diversity results in a few less interesting genre exercises, like the Randy Newman-esque Barbershop ditty. Uh, excuse me, or the lengthy blues number waiting for the big one. But the album closes strong with Here Comes the Flood, a bombastic anthem that Gabriel would rework into an introspective piano ballad. Either way, it's a powerhouse. Alright, what do we think of Peter Gabriel? Peter Gabriel won. First listen. Loved it. Yeah, it's fucking great.
1: Yeah. Man, I also I I, I also wrote down I wrote down uh Randy Newman esque by Excuse Me. Uh, I definitely heard that as well, but but I really liked that song. I put Randy Newman esque
2: with "Waiting for the Big One."
0: There it, you go. Yeah,
3: me too. Yeah, "Waiting for the Big One" sounds like Randy Newman.
0: Yeah, the other one sounds like uh uh Paul McCartney.
4: Yeah, I put, yeah, it's just uh, Tim Panally. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I thought that I owned this record. Um, it turned out that I had Peter Gabriel's self titled album from 1980.
0: Yeah, and then There's I found out them.
4: that he named his first four records. Peter Gabriel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was astonished. I felt like a fool.
1: Yeah, people just refer. Why to this would somebody one do as that? Car, because there's a yeah. car. The car. no scratch.
4: <laughs> so I, yeah, I had never heard this record, and it's really good.
1: Man, Salisbury Hills, a classic. Yeah, That's some, this, that song's been that song's been playing in my head all damn week.
3: <laughs> it sounds like it should have been on uh, that. Uh, what was that? shitty band that we covered last week they're not actually shitty shitty. we
1: covered last week Fleetwood Mac no I'm sorry yeah this sounds exactly this sounds (laughs) like a Fleetwood Mac song
3: my bad (laughs) (laughs) this could have this could have
1: absolutely fit on rumors oh absolutely yeah this sounds like a Lindsay Buckingham song
0: I thought it was strange too uh does does anybody notice in this Salisbury Hill the the wobble back and forth between headphones it goes like this It, it goes yeah Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it, it's oh weird. It's strange. It's very, it's very unique in the way that it's like mixed because it feels like a like they are fading left, right, left, right, left, right as it's playing, but you wouldn't really pick up on it at first.
1: Yeah, and is it just thing, the, is it oh, is
3: it the vocals running through a Leslie? It's the it's like the melody. a very
0: slow Leslie. No, it's not the vocals. It's just the. It's That's the really weird melody. I'm listening right now. Yeah. yeah, it's the melody that comes back and forth. But it does feel like a, a very sped up Leslie. I I don't know if... Leslie, you would get a much bigger effect, though. This is a very... This is slight. Yeah, it's a very, very slow that Leslie.
2: That it's on the headphones that you said it, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, I read that uh, the song's Salisbury Hills in 7-8, in <clears throat> which, you know, te- technically it is. But what I found interesting was... At, at first it's felt at, during like the first parts of the verse, it's like a measure of four, four and a measure of six, eight, but then it goes to a measure of six, eight and a measure of four, four, like, like the, the phrasing of the seven, eight switches around on you as a song goes.
3: Yeah. Right now I'm just hearing one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two three, four, one, two, one, two, one, two, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's I guess like, that is seven. I think it's like the verses, the way they feel the seven eight is is like a, a like a four four, and then a measure of six eight. And during the chorus, it it swaps that feel, where first you feel either like one two one two one two or a measure of six eight, and then you feel the four four bar. They're just like they switch the the emphasis between the verse and the chorus, and I thought that was an interesting way to use
0: rhythm. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I did find it surprising when uh, I was looking looking up this album that this song was top on Spotify. Salisbury Hill was above Sledgehammer. And I thought for sure Sledgehammer would be, you know, well above. Salisbury Hill has an
1: edge from being used in the soundtracks of all those romantic comedies in the nineties.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I
2: think you're getting, you're getting quantity over quality in that, in that number, (laughs) but yeah.
0: Okay.
3: Are you telling me that, uh, one season, show sledgehammer from 1986 doesn't <laughs> have enough dead. weight for the, <laughs> this
1: that's what that's what i'm saying have you seen someone someone re-edited the trailer to the shining to be a rom-com and they just they used like just foot like footage from the movie of like them like hanging around having fun around the hotel but the soundtrack is salisbury hill and it just makes it look like like an uplifting movie about a family bonding at a hotel
3: beautiful <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> sets the scene, man. Yeah, he's he's all over the map with his styles on this album. I mean, they're all Peter Gabriel's like bombast, but you know, you've got uh, rock, you've got sort of romance, you've got weird prog, you've got skiffle. Like right now in our cans, we're listening to Modern Love, and and Kyle was saying there's a a pretty amazing music video that goes with this song.
4: Oh, you watched it where he's running yeah. up an escalator in hockey gear. Wait, wait, wait,
2: what? <laughs> I thought it was a moving walkway at an airport. And I was like, God, I can't wait to get back in an airport in a fencing mask and an umpire's chest protector. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I'm like, yeah, he's wearing like, I don't know, cricket armor i don't know what it's bizarre cricket (laughs) armor
4: (laughs) guys watch it it's inexplicable
1: i mean i'm absolutely gonna gonna (laughs) gonna
2: watch it's not like some of that is it is it robert palmer who always has all the like same looking models That's robert
1: palmer with yeah yeah, with like the stepford models yeah so he has
2: like an element of that there's like some of that going on in the background but then also him like in this cricket armor with a fencing mask doing like super angular dancing that I could like, I think it's a good way to learn some some sick dance moves. I like, love it. I love cow it. Cow so, cow.
4: so you guys all checked out uh, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we've listened to it. Um, who, who liked it and who didn't like it?
0: I hated it. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it
4: was a bit like over it. the
1: top for me, I think.
4: It's one of my favorite albums of all time.
2: It's... so
4: This reigns oh, I'm end. sorry, go ahead, John.
2: Oh, no, I'm just saying it's it's a musical, kind of, like, and Isn't it gotta, a double as well? Yeah, it's. it's yes, it is. Yeah, Same man, role. that's too
3: much. That's yeah. too it's much.
2: It's a long luck, full yeah. on. Peter Gabriel I, at his Gabriel
3: <laughs> Our consensus was, though, the stage show would have probably been pretty fun to see. For like, and he's got that weird costume it, on where he's like a uh, slime monster.
1: Oh, there's costume changes, man.
3: Yeah, I thought I thought it was like a dick, like a a, a weird morty yeah, dick.
1: dick.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's there. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So I love this record. I'd never heard it before. Um, I realized one of the hardest things about getting um, friends into prog rock is like the album titles or at least the song titles. The first track on this is Mora Bun the Burgermeister, <laughs> which I would never <laughs> listen to if a friend recommended it to me.
0: <laughs> like I'm It's good. a great song. Though. I'm, it's a f- phenomenal song. It's very Oingo Boingo. I will oh, say so? it is very Danny Elfman-esque. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I can see that. It has yeah. that. Element. Did you
1: guys like "Excuse Me" the song?
0: I did like yes. "Excuse Me," actually. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. At first, oh, I was like,
1: when, when I heard the Barbershop Quartet, I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, I guess he's British, and by law, he needs to have one of these songs on his album. But then once, <laughs> once this, once the song actually got into like the meat of the song, I was like, "Okay, this is actually this is like an interestingly like written and arranged song." Like, I, I can. Yeah, yeah it's very
4: Abbey Road like McCartney, right? I still think it sounds like Newman. Okay, well,
2: well, I think you're, you're it does. It does the Newman feel from the, like, the tuba ads that kind of, like,
1: Well, not even necessarily the treatment of it. I mean, just, like, the song on paper, I, I think.
4: It sounds like a Toy Story song.
2: It could. Well, I mean, yeah, like, what is it? Excuse me, you're standing on my
4: joie de vivre,
2: right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's kind of the lyrical turn of phrase that Newman would do. You're right. I mean, there's parts of that.
1: I, I also meant just like like musically, not necessarily the the arrangement of it, but just like the if you printed out the charts of this song, like musically, I, it reminds me of the way that Randy Newman would weave a melody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I could see that. Yeah, I hear it now. Yeah. Much to my chagrin.
1: <laughs> Are you anti-Newman? Oh. Kyle. <laughs> kyle are no. we getting to a, newman? as a
0: short person no no we're... that song's
2: satire bro <laughs> we've we've listened to a number of newman albums and, and i'm definitely a newman convert like i think we all uh, are like he's man, great they're, they're really good records <laughs> yeah like if you dig into it he's he's a genius <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you think of the diversity of songs, Kyle? The, I mean, it's all over the place. Every, every song it's, it's a sh- like it was saying a sh- smorgasbord of it's the white album, uh, by Peter uh, Gabriel. Yeah.
4: No, perfect. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I gotta love you guys. I'm glad we're doing this. I had never heard this record before. Um, so this was same. Memory. I mean, I'd heard that single, but, um, this was all new to me. And, uh, you know, uh, there were some songs I like more, uh, to <laughs> down the Dolce Vita, gentlemen. Great ones. One. Great um, the thing that
2: I hated the most about Gabriel on on the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, I liked the most on this album. Like, interesting, Chris, sp- because it's that m- album is frivolous to me. And this is like song. a
4: like a pseudo sequel.
2: Right, well, see, he's got... It's more. not a sequel, it's not even
4: the same it's band, not a man. Sequel. Oh, get out of here, Kyle. I said pseudo-sequel, dudes. Look up the It's words not a pseudo-sequel, uh, it's, just pseudo-sequel. pseudo-sequel. Uh, it's just the next album by someone
1: who was in the band at the time. Right, Do you know guys. what?
3: Hey, no, it, it, fucking no, Peter Gabriel... Me. Peter Gabriel was fucking phoning it in, literally phoning it in for The Lamb Lies done on Broadway. because no, he, he wasn't. He was. He was what, on the phone with them. What are you talking about? He was in fucking New York... He was losing his he mind. He was in New York. He was in He was New on his way out of
2: the time. Working on I know Brooklyn. what he was doing. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to give Kyle a counterpoint. i say it this way. So, Landline oh. Down on Broadway is the story of, I forget the name of the character, going through all these different worlds and you know losing his brother in the underworld, whatever. Right? The and matter. his dick. And his dick, yeah. His dick and his brother. First his brother. Yeah. His dick, I think. Rough day in the underworld. Yeah, yeah Uh, He he fucked a cat
3: person and then, like, his uh, dick fell off.
2: Snake lady? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) pro tip you go to the underworld, don't fuck anything. Just leave a question here. I mean, or do statement. So, statement Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is this big old crazy theatrical sort of musical masterpiece. Right. Then you don't get any of that on this album until you hit Down the Dolce Vita. Down the uh, Dolce no, Vita. Morabun
4: the Burgermeister is mm-hmm. immediately a continuation.
2: Okay. okay, so Morabun the Burgermeister is definitely theatrical. You've got multiple characters, all played by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> and uh-huh. and, it, and it is that, like that sounds like a, a musical song. But then when you get to Down the Dolce Vita, he's again telling the story of like a character that he's beginning to push through into these other – he carries on in other albums. So I think you're right, Kyle. There is a pseudo-sequel here. Well, thank you.
1: Man, so if I was in Gen- Genesis at the time, and, you know, Genesis did luck out with them already having the perfect replacement singer already on their payroll. Uh, <laughs> that that worked out very nicely for that band. Uh, but so, like, Genesis 1975, you've got, like, a prog rock band, uh, uh, you got some nerdy British dudes with a front man that is always in costume, shaving the middle of his head, like doing the, these, like, a- everything is like a big, like dramatic oh, yes. yeah. pr- production. And they're like, oh, man, we just like want to be a prog rock band and play all the notes. And so they part ways. You're like, oh, okay. So like Genesis is like, all right, well, we're done with that part of our career. We're not really the, like, we're not going to be doing just a big theatrics, dramatic, uh, sci-fi costume space alien part anymore. And then Peter Gabriel comes out with his first debut album, and he also is done with that. If I was interested, I'm like, hey man, like if you were also done with that, why didn't you just let us know? <laughs> you know, like we thought that you were just gonna keep on doing that, and we thought we were going a different direction. But like here we are, kind of like running some kind of parallel lines here. With Phil Phil Collins' Genesis and Peter Gabriel solo.
4: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be honest, bros. Like, I don't feel confident enough um, to talk about Peter Gabriel and Genesis on a podcast. Because, like I said, I was confused. I thought that I already had this album. And I didn't know that he had four Four. solo (laughs) albums called Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Um, But you have to admit, I'm sorry. Like, Phil Collins definitely listened to this record when he was writing some... uh, early 80s genesis lyrics wasn't the mama
1: was like specifically listening to this record i mean he had been in a band with the guy for the better part
4: of a decade yeah i see what you're saying but
0: i think they were they are running parallel in a in a way um also just just to kind of talk about their breakup um a lot of that had to do with uh peter gabriel's uh wife and their child who was who was sick uh born prematurely and he I think he wanted to take a step back and was like, "Yeah, this isn't this isn't where my head's at right now. I do not want to do that." And Genesis kind of said, "Well, we got to keep going." Um, it seemed like it was a bit nasty of a breakup um, in terms of them having a bit of a falling out there. Um, but yeah, I, I do see what both of you are saying. It, it's strange that they break. They they break. And it, it seems like a clear break, but at the same time, they do feel similar in the same mm-hmm. genre, in the same uh, vein, in, in, a, in a weird way. Obviously, Peter Gabriel's a little more out there. He has a little more of a, a weird vibe going, uh, not as poppy uh, on a lot of his tracks. But yeah,
1: Are you call it. I can't dance pop yeah the epitome of i
3: think it's i I, I, I think it's outsider art personally um no (laughs) uh, so what i was what i was going to say in regards to peter gabriel genesis and all of that uh genesis actually said like later on when phil collins was going off and doing his solo stuff that they'd wished they had had the same deal that they did with phil which would have left left peter gabriel still be in the band which was phil collins could go out for a year do his solo stuff then come back and play in genesis again so they evolved with that but yeah the the, the actual split though they said it was amicable
1: i mean that they, he, they continued he, he, to collaborate too like, yeah they, they didn't hate each other or anything no they didn't I mean, but Peter were,
4: gabriel wasn't a part of their uh, reunion they did about 10 15 years ago
3: maybe he didn't want to be
4: Maybe, maybe they were, were just doing
3: maybe it was just the I Can't Dance tour. Maybe Gabriel. maybe Genesis think, was just uh,
4: playing the hits, Kyle.
3: Touche. Uh. That, that that that's a big zing right there. <laughs> um, no, and what what I wrote down was I I'm just I'm happy that Peter Gabriel outgrew Genesis. Like this wouldn't have this, Can you imagine if Genesis was doing the backing stuff for this? It would sound like it would sound like Genesis. It wouldn't sound like Peter Gabriel. Like, I think, I think that this was such a like big step towards like him, like, I don't know, fully realizing his artistic potential. Um, and you know, also on top of that, uh, who's, uh, is it Ezrin who produced this? Bob Ezrin. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. The,
2: uh, <laughs> of production.
3: Pink Floyd, the wall. Yeah. The old kiss, uh, destroyer, destroyer yeah. and, uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah. Um, Yeah, me and William were talking uh, earlier this week, and uh, he said that, like, more or less, you could take Modern Love and just with the production values, put it anywhere on the wall, and it would kind
4: of make sense.
1: Mm. (laughs) Mm. Like like, like it fits. Yeah, Yeah. I
4: can see that. To be honest, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's it's seventy-seven. I mean, yeah, I knew that
1: Peter Gabriel. He he wanted to work with a producer that had more like uh, like rock experience because he, he felt like he, he, he wanted to do these different sounds he felt pretty comfortable in the studio doing like the quieter more introspective side of Peter Gabriel but he wanted experienced hands making a big rock sound sure. and the rock songs on this album the, the they're recorded great uh, they, they sound yeah. like big rock songs uh, yeah like a modern love. Uh, down the Dolce Vita that song slams
4: down the Dolce Vita I wrote down it reminded me it's so 1977 because it sounds like like ELO it's got the disco with the orchestra strings and the rock and the punk like it sounds like the Miko Star Wars disco record like it's everything thrown together <laughs> like it's such a flashpoint I love it and it slaps I think
2: that is the London Symphony Orchestra on it. <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's huge. The sound is huge.
0: <laughs> yeah. They they also play on Here Comes the Flood, which uh I I I heard he he thought it Bob did a, a bit of overproduction and I can hear mm-hmm. that. He Bob Ezrin is so over the top with production yeah. that sometimes yeah. it 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 loses a bit. It feels so slick to to some of these songs that could have a little more uh, looseness, uh, or or you know, just not as not as perfect, not as uh, I don't know, put together. Studio guns were in there too. Robert Fripp was in there oh, playing yeah, electric yeah, yeah. guitar, mm-hmm. classic guitar. Um, yeah, under yeah. the name Dusty Roads. <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that, was, that was when they were touring. He would go under the oh, non okay. de dusty uh, roads. there was Fripp's, another uh, name.
1: Fripp's been having a busy year, like Bowie I mean, resurrected him. Jet setting back and forth to Berlin and wherever Peter Gabriel's touring.
3: Yeah, going from not picking up a guitar for three years and then being on every record in 1977, like, is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, down in the
1: Dolce Vita, I just wrote down I like three against two,
3: because I, I do. That's a that's a fun little uh, fun little uh pattern.
1: Uh, the cover photo for this album was uh, uh, our old uh, hypnosis friend uh, Storm Thorgerson post oh post leaving hypnosis. Uh, it's a colorized black and white photo, uh, and the reflections were modified with a a scalpel, OG Photoshop. Nice the alternate cover was a picture of Peter Gabriel looking out the car window with reflective metallic contact lenses, making it look like he had ball bearings for eyes. Uh, but that they say that one's the insert. So if you have the album, you take out the insert of the record sleeve and it's just a really weird looking picture of Peter Gabriel with reflective metallic eyeballs.
2: Peter Gabriel in 1977 is already kind of a weird looking dude. I mean, just like this is the least weird looking of his career though. This cover is,
1: he has all of his hair <laughs> and he does not have penis warts glued to his face or, nor, nor a collar that makes him look like a, a like a wildflower
3: he may be wearing pla- he may be wearing sparkly platforms inside that car we just can't see that far down
4: right you guys should re-record uh the lamb lights down on broadway with me no like <laughs> For my birthday,
1: <laughs> record your own hot takes.
4: Yeah,
0: then, I'll put them in. I will, it. mister.
1: Just spite, spite. What's
4: Kyle have to say about this? I love it. Commentary track. <laughs> That'd
2: be great. Yeah. All right, listeners, if you see an album that we're doing that you like, just record your own riff track.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be on on Kyle's fans only.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Only fans, my hot
1: thoughts. (laughs) Man, Kyle, we're listening to uh, Down the Dolce Vita right now, and I totally hear the ELO parallels now. yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Like, you imagine them playing this live and somebody's, like, pretending to play a, a fiddle or something.
1: Why would they be pretending to play a fiddle? Why wouldn't they be playing
4: it? You know, ELO is like, the first band that got slapped for faking playing live instruments.
0: Yeah, but only because they pre-recorded those instruments and then played them behind them. It was a backing track.
4: Yeah, and there was some maniac running off a fiddle leaping in the air.
0: <laughs> so, uh, ELO. I would
1: imagine Yello would play to a backing track. I, uh, actually, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I don't like it, but it's a it's a it's a full orchestra rock show. This type. is
4: yeah. This is seventy seven. Like this is what's happening in seventy seven. Disco, orchestral strings, punk
0: rock, rock and roll.
1: Apparently, goth and industrial
4: proto versions of.
0: All right, how do we feel about this album? What. I fucking and I love it, 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 man! Yeah, great yeah. record. Rob. What do you think, Rob?
3: I I think it's awesome. Like I I stated it before, I just think it's awesome that uh, you know post Genesis Peter Gabriel like really showed that like him by himself was you know plenty, and honestly, I think uh, a lot a lot more refined and like tightened down with a a better vision than what uh, what he was doing in Genesis. So yeah, total positive on my end.
1: Positive for me too. Um, I, 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 I th- this project was the first I'd listened to Peter Gabriel era Genesis, and I appreciate Peter Gabriel era Genesis. But I find we haven't we haven't yet covered any, and we're I guess we're not gonna cover any post Peter Gabriel Genesis, but we're covering post Genesis Peter Gabriel. And at least on first listen, uh, I found this more accessible. Um, he is all over the place but uh, the first listen listenability factor I think is relatively high with this one especially with songs like Salisbury Hill on it you know they sound like like radio gold Uh, I think it's really interesting Uh, I like him using songs like Morbin the Burgermeister to, to tie in his glam or his prog roots uh there's some songs like like slow burn where where the chorus is like "ah," and that that kind of reminds me of uh like something that the sweet would do, you know, with just like those big like choir hits uh and it's kind of glammy as 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 a first debut solo album after leaving the band, if I had heard this in nineteen seventy seven I would think that it is. Pretty promising, and I would look forward to more from Peter Gabriel. Hopefully, I'll, uh, three more albums with the with the same lack of a name.
0: Yeah, what do you
1: think, Kyle?
4: Great record. Um, my first time with this
0: record. Great record. Love Peter Gabriel. What do you think, John?
2: Uh, I'm gonna actually just give it a neutral. Um, it's it's got a lot of Peter Gabriel. <laughs> in all his various facets and all of those are interesting and good. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, I, there are parts of it that I like. It's it's fun to listen to like one song here or there when I'm in the mood for that song, but I just don't see myself ever putting this on or making someone listen to it. So I just, I, I gotta give it a neutral.
0: Yeah, I, I well said. I think I, w- I would probably go the same way. It, it just has this this sort of ramshackle weird ideas that doesn't quite come together. And Bob Ezrin pushes it a little bit over the top for me. Um, yeah, so I'd probably go neutral. I think I'll feel differently though. When, once we get to three, um, and we're going to get to so as well. So we'll be back for Peter Gabriel. We're
1: getting two and three.
0: Uh, no, we're so getting said- th- three and then we are getting the album. Oh, I like so. Three. Oh, Which is later. Okay. Yeah. Three is the one with Games Without Frontiers. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which one has uh, in your eyes on it? Is that so? So. All right. Yeah. I figured we'd get that one.
0: Yeah. So we'll be talking about that. Cool. Next time we'll be talking about television, Marquee Moon. All right. Thanks, y'all. Yes, we will. Yes.
2: I'm not the man. Ripped in Again I wanna be